Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC Sports. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar Heel gear. I'm your host, Tommy Ashley, listening to the Inside Carolina postgame podcast. Carolina loses to Duke in Cameron. And of course, when we talk Duke Carolina, we got to talk to Dewey Burke in the postgame. Dewey. Uh, the game in the Smith Center is probably one of the craziest endings ever. Um, not sure we'll ever see that type scenario happen again. This one, you know, not I wouldn't say one-sided, but if I'm totally honest watching the game, and I want to get your thought as well, I never really thought Carolina had a shot to pull it off. It was like they kept climbing a hill, and the hill kept getting longer. And then, of course, they sort of slid down the hill there late to end up losing by 13 points. Just your general thoughts on the ball game. I mean, not much to talk about. It is what it is, but I wanted to see what you had to say. Yeah, I think I think that's a fair way to put it. It felt like our margin for error was so thin the whole time that we were just hanging in there, hanging in there, cut it to one and go back to five, cut it to three, cut it to one, and we – we really did battle and and did so largely without a lot from Cole. And then for me, I thought when they got it to whatever it was, five or seven, there were two possessions where I thought we got fouled at the rim that they didn't call and they came down and hit threes on both possessions that put it to, I think put it to 13 and that was the game. But uh, the margin of error was so thin, it, it felt like we had to play perfect the last seven, eight minutes to maybe have a chance to win because we had kept it close till then. And then they made shots. We didn't. And uh, just like you said, it kind of felt like it wasn't a game we could win all along. You were just hoping that maybe Cole went off or something, but it didn't happen. Yeah, that stretch, if my memory serves, and I'm looking at the postgame box, that stretch was right around the 546 mark, Carolina has it to five. Uh, Duke gets a Vernon Carey dunk. Carolina misses a shot. Cole Anthony misses a shot. They get a um, – well, it goes back and forth, and then they hit a couple threes to push it from seven to 13 there at the 347 mark. Yeah, that, exactly. Seven. That stretch. I thought Cole drove on one possession in there. I thought he got fouled. And then we had a possession where Mondo was near the rim, did kind of a – it was a weird – post-to-post pass really close to the basket where Garrison went up, got it blocked, which I thought was clean, but got it back, then went up again, and I thought was clearly fouled. They didn't call it, and I'm usually never one to blame the refs, but it gives it's an indication of how thin the margin was for us anyway that uh, I was hopeful that we could have got those calls to to stem the tide and then ended up in threes on the other end. So, look, they're, they're a better team. They are. They have better players, and their guys made plays down the stretch, and then when they got a lead – they kept it. They they made enough shots and enough free throws and, and pulled it out. 
Yeah, we've talked about it over the years, and it's why we don't talk about officiating a lot because it's always good teams beat bad refs. And mm-hmm. unfortunately for Carolina, that margin is slim and none and has been all season. Let's talk a little bit about individual performances, and we got to start with Garrison Brooks. I mean, you know, we've talked over the years, and I've harkened back to this a few times talking about Garrison, but we talked about Kennedy Meeks, and he should be better than he is. He should be better than he is, and then he explodes and has a great senior year. Everybody talks about Bryce Johnson, and Bryce Johnson goes through three years at Carolina and, and explodes his senior year. What do you think clicked for Garrison Brooks this season? Because it's tough to do the things he's done, and he's done it basically on his own. I mean, Baycott's given him some plenty of help on the boards, not so much on the offensive end. What, what clicked for Garrison probably midway this season maybe? Well, I think he, he probably understood how much we needed him to score. And I think when you know night in, night out, you're going to get – 20 shot attempts, 15 shot attempts that uh, you take some confidence from that. And that's also going to represent itself in practice. So many possessions, especially because we play inside out, he's going to get a lot of touches in practice, a lot of reps. And so when you know the ball is going to keep coming to you, I think it gives you confidence. You feel it from your teammates. You feel it from your coaching staff. And, and then he's done it enough now consistently that he's a confident player. You know, he was, he's been doing it for at least two months, if not more, and, and done it in this conference. I know the conference is down, but the ACC is still the ACC, albeit not as strong as usual. And he feels like he's been a 20 and 10 machine. It's been impressive. And, and I do think the biggest thing is confidence. Let me take a, a chance to talk about Cole Anthony a little bit. You know what it's like to be a point guard at North Carolina, and you've been around some of the best ever. And, you know, Cole has great games and people, especially on the message board bubble, talk about, you know, how good he is, how solid he is, how great he can be. And then games like this where, you know, Trey Jones got the best of him twice, really, Um, even though he was really good in Chapel Hill. Once he got those fouls, he had nothing on defense. Um, Talk about his play this season because we talked about him a lot leading up to when he committed for to Carolina. Um, and then, of course, after the Notre Dame game, the expectations just went ridiculously high. Your take on Cole Anthony, the point guard for North Carolina this season? Yeah, I didn't think he was good tonight at all. I mean, there's, you can't sugarcoat that in any way. I didn't think he was aggressive. I didn't think he took the fight to them, to Jones. I didn't think he hunted his own shot enough. Uh, there were plenty of possessions, especially really in the first half, where their pressure was forcing us out and you know away from the basket 25, 30 feet, where we've seen over the years when you have a dynamic and gifted point guard off the bounce, that that's a great way to get Duke's style of defense on their heels, no better than, than Ty Lawson, who I saw in person a couple times. But uh, he just didn't seem to be in attack mode. I thought he he settled for the pass a lot on times when I thought he could have been more aggressive and we needed him to be more aggressive. Um, He's been more passive over the last month or so since he came back. Um, But it's, it was more of a let the game come to him and be patient and, and taking less forced shots. But this was a game where we needed 30 out of him. And, And honestly, 
if I had told you that Cole would have had probably at that time, whatever, six or seven points, and with five minutes to go, we were down five, you would not have believed me. Um, it's a testament to the fact that the rest of our guys picked up the slack and for our starting front court, basically 40 and 15. But uh, we needed more from him, no question. And, um, and we just didn't get it. And I, whether it was Jones letting or excuse, Cole letting Jones's defense uh, bother him, the pressure, or I don't know. I'm not sure what it was. I didn't, I didn't see that look in his eye, uh, which you would think over there for, probably for his only time that he would have had. Um, if you want me to answer the, you know, the season question, I can. That's my analysis of him tonight. Yeah, let me talk about Johnny T-shirt first, and we'll come back, and I want you to get the season analysis in because I do want to hear what you had to say about the, the season in full with Cole Anthony. But JohnnyT-shirt.com and Johnny T-shirt on Franklin Street, certainly sponsors of this Inside Carolina podcast, great friends of Inside Carolina. If you've ever come to the Inside Carolina signing day function, you know what they bring to the table, literally, in their swag that they give away to our Inside Carolina premium subscribers. And you get the 10% off the orders when you order from the website or in person on Franklin Street. A great uh, group of folks over there, great friends of Inside Carolina and great friends of Inside Carolina premium subscribers with that 10% discount. Plenty of gear, everything you need. Football season, spring ball is here. Uh, Basketball gear, anytime, baseball, soccer, whatever you need, anything you need. Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyT-Shirt.com. Dewey, let's talk about the season. As a whole, I mean, 13 and 18, 6 and 14, I don't think anybody saw that coming last uh, early November. But injuries and and all that that brings has really derailed it. But let, let me get your take on Cole Anthony's play this season. It's the only year he's going to be at Carolina. There's The season is not totally over. The ACC tournament starts Tuesday. But give me your take on what you saw from him over the course of the year? Yeah, I mean, it's it's an interesting case. If I told you before the year that when we had this conversation after the final game that he averaged 26-4, and four, you'd say, yeah, he's a stud. Sounds like he played like everybody thought he would. And sounds like he's up there for potentially freshman of the year, all conference, all those things, right? The numbers on paper indicate that he was as advertised. But he missed – Obviously, a bunch of games with injury, and then, I, I don't know. How, I mean, how do we think about this? It, it, it's a testament to how good he is, that his his 26-4 and four feels like there's something left to be desired, that like there was more there, and that he could have put up even better numbers, and, and some of the things could have come easier to him with uh, less injuries around him, perhaps a higher level of talent around him. Uh, but then you have games like he had tonight or or games during that seven-game losing streak where you just didn't feel like he was playing like he was capable. Yet again, he still played 20 games and averaged 26 and four. So it's a little – it's it's interesting to to try to unpack that because he had some games where he was really terrific. Obviously, Notre Dame is the is the pinnacle, but he was great against Oregon earlier in the year, and he was really good the last three games leading up to tonight. Uh, in, in almost a different way, in a kind of a controlled distribution-like fashion. He was sharing the basketball, taking the shots that that he found coming to him that were the right shot, not forcing. So I don't know. I mean, what 
what do you think? I mean, if, if we had this conversation September 15th and I said Cole gave you 26 and four for the season, what would you say? I, you know, I'd have thought Carolina was an NCAA tournament team. I thought they were top four the ACC no matter um, what. And I would say I would agree with you. Yeah, he has had a ridiculously good year for a freshman at Carolina. Yeah. And that's that's what's crazy about a couple things. One, about how this season's played out, because even with all the injuries, 13 and 18 is still – they had to do – they had to have everything go wrong that could go wrong to be 13 and 18, even with all the injuries. Mm-hmm. And Cole getting hurt, I think, was the, the be-all, end-all for the season. But I think it speaks – I'll throw it back to you on this. I think it speaks to the ridiculous expectations that some kids have when they come into college and what people expect from them. Um, I think that the, the debate will be um, is what he could have done and what he could have been with a better supporting cast. And that's not a knock on who he had this year. It is what it is. But people point to, you know, Lawson or Felton or Kobe White. I think Kobe White maybe is the only fair comparison because he was just a, a freshman and um, a one-and-done guy like Cole's going to be. But, you know, how do you judge somebody? I think ultimately it's wins and losses, right? But it's a team game too. So that's why it's going to be one of those enigma-type discussions forever, I think. I think that's true. And I think you, you can make arguments on both sides. You say, well, Cole didn't have the same level of talent around him as, as certainly not Kobe last year. And, and the other guys you mentioned, Ty and, and Raymond or Kendall, any of the great point guards we've had. Um, but then you, you also say the ACC is nowhere near the level it was at when those guys were playing. And so in a down year in the ACC, even if he didn't have as many talented teammates around him relative to those other teams we're talking about, then they went 13 and 18, but he got hurt, but we lost a hundred games. I think they said to injury, uh, you know, they include Sterling in that who was never going to be a, a part of the rotation. I think we knew that early on, but, but still we lost a hundred games from guys that would play meaningful minutes. So it, it is, it's what you said. It's an enigma because put his stats up against any of those other guys and they're better, right? Nobody, nobody, none of those other guys ever averaged 20, correct? Not in my recollection. Never did it, right? 26 and four is amazing as a freshman, but because he has so much talent and so much ability and the microscope was on him so bright, it felt like it, it wasn't as much as it could have been. So, I think in the end, that just speaks to what you said, unrealistic expectations, but also how good he is, that we watched him play for 20 games and said, man, it just feels like there's more there. feels like he can play better. I don't know. And he had 26 and four. I've said it 10 times, but that's crazy. That's crazy that you could be lukewarm on someone that averaged that. Yeah, it's, it's going to be one of those – debates forever um but ultimately people will look at the season and say that's why he doesn't stack up with some of the greats weird very weird uh let's turn to the acc tournament i mean it starts tuesday night for north carolina i'm not liking the bracket 
do we? To be honest with you, Carolina opens with Virginia Tech 7 o'clock Tuesday night. The winner of that game gets Syracuse. And then um, for your troubles, the third game in three days would be against Louisville, who I think is probably the worst matchup for Carolina in the conference. Uh, a lot of people prior to this Duke game thought Carolina had an opportunity to make some noise in the AC tournament. The Duke game is the reason why I have not been one of those. Uh, but your thoughts going into this, uh, I don't like the format. You know, I, I'm old school. I liked it when it was eight teams and it was Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Um, but five and five is a tough ask for anybody. But what does Carolina have to do to at least get to Louisville on Thursday? Well, yeah, I mean, five and five is a crazy ask. Um, you know, I think we should beat Virginia Tech. We should have beat them at their place and on a neutral floor. And you would generally assume more Carolina fans in the building than Virginia Tech. Uh, I like our chances against them. And I like a good bounce back game from Cole. So I think we should take care of business against them. I don't think Syracuse is any good at all. I mean, I've seen them play a couple times. Obviously, we just beat them. Uh, Actually, I was shocked to see that they finished sixth in the conference. Um, So... I like our matchup against them too. I mean, it comes down to making shots against the zone, obviously, but they don't have anybody on their team that scares me at all. But then Louisville is a brutal matchup for us. As, as you stated, I think they are probably the most talented team in the conference. I know Florida state has the, probably the most athletes and maybe is the best defensively. And Duke is Duke and they'll probably win the AC tournament again. But um, you know, I think, looking at the roster and and the talent level, I think Louisville all along has been the best team from that perspective. And they're just a a tough matchup for us. So can't look to Thursday. I got to look at Tuesday and and find a way to get that one first and try to get rolling on some momentum. It's just tough when we have such little depth and, you know, Cole played 39 minutes tonight and we just don't have the luxury unless we get a lead to really rest him. So you have to think that in order for us to win both games, that Cole and Garrison and, and B-Rob, those three got to play 37 to 40 minutes. And so, you know, how do you feel coming into a third game in three nights if we get there against a fresh Louisville team having just played 80 minutes? That'd be tough. It'd be really tough. But crazier things have happened. Maybe we can get hot, get rolling, and, and get some uh, get some love from the crowd and, and get rolling. But it's going to be difficult, no question. Uh, crazy things have happened and generally have to Carolina this year. We'll see what happens starting at 7 o'clock against Virginia Tech in the ACC tournament. Dewey, man, we're I, I can't believe it's already the end of the regular season and creeping very close to the end of the 1920 season. It's always been fun having you on these, man. I know you've been busy. I know you got your hands full with babies. Uh, but as I said, always a pleasure and always fun to hear from you. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate you having me. Thank you to everybody for listening. I always enjoy doing it. I wish it was uh, a more positive set of conversations this year than it has been, but let's see how we finish up, and uh, then we can get to talking about it next year, too. Thanks, Stuart. Thanks for listening to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com, where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.